Donald Gullivan and I'm joined here today with Drew Fay. Uh, we're also joined by Mark Maxwell. So Mark is the founder of the Grand Life podcast, which he established in 2018 to help students and graduates prepare for the working world. Mark is also the UK and Ireland country manager for Fireshot, which is a company which focuses on automated data integration. It was an absolute pleasure interviewing Mark, and I think you all really enjoy hearing about his unique perspective on life. In today's episode, we cover topics such as the importance of finding the right path in life, how your mindset can change after literally facing death, and the value that can be derived from reading fiction. This definitely isn't the one to miss. Hello and welcome to the 15 Minute Coffee. I'm here today with Drew and Mark Maxwell. Um, So we'll just hop straight into the questions. That's okay with you, Mark. Absolutely, yeah. Thanks for having me. No better. Um, So I suppose we'll start off with a nice and easy one. What brings you joy and fulfillment every day? So what motivates you every single morning when you get up? Uh, It's a hard one to answer. There's nothing, to be honest. There's nothing that's like overly uh, clear. It's not like I'm kind of waking up to make a million euro every day or anything like that. It's kind of like... I just, I always enjoy looking ahead as to what might pop up during the day kind of thing. Like one, a huge position I'm in that's very different to like six or seven years ago is I really like my job. And so I get up and I look forward to doing that every day and the crack and talking to people and that sort of thing. Whereas I used to get up and be like, oh, Jesus, another day of work now. So yeah. that's definitely like, you know, in that latter scenario of being oh my god another day this job you need something to really keep you going you'd be like i'm doing it for the money or i'm doing it for whatever i'm doing it until this date whereas liking your job is enough to get you out of bed and just look forward in the morning which is a i think a, a key bit of advice for people yeah it makes a huge difference when you when you're enjoying what you're waking up for yeah you don't need that thing you don't need a carrot no. to like run after you can just get up and do yeah. it and it's fun yeah yeah you're pushing yourself uh so going on from that so what are three things that you do every day that keeps you on your a game keeps me on my a game uh i drink a ton of tea i'm drinking i would say my eighth or ninth cup of tea of the day uh at the moment not coffee so, not coffee no no i've actually i've never had a minute of tea, tea. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah i'm all about tea um so never Very had good. a cup of coffee in my life that's one um i laugh a lot that's two so like i'd always even even if like there's nothing on or if i'm on my own i'll watch something funny on youtube for a while um that definitely like keeps my energy up and then thankfully recently i've gotten back into exercise i used to exercise a bit too much which we'll probably talk about but now i'm exercising a normal amount and getting a huge amount out of that as well yeah and a cold shower cold shower in the morning gets me going oh very good very good uh i actually bought uh, i don't know wim do you know wim Hof? yeah yeah yeah, bought his book there last night, so I'm, I'm not very nice. on that. So um, when COVID started, I uh, I was really worried about my heart and getting COVID, obviously. So mm. anything for your immune system, I do or take it. And I was doing all the Wim Hof breathing exercises and stuff as well, which are really yeah. cool. You were mentioning there you work uh, full-time as well as running your podcast, Grad Life. Uh, how do you stay focused and manage your time on the personal and professional goals while also maintaining as you're saying yeah. exercise social life that's really hard to be honest <laughs> i guess it doesn't involve much sitting down that's the thing like you're kind of always doing something or 
if I'm walking, if, if I walk anywhere, I'll do a call at the same time to just get both of those things done kind of thing. So there's a lot of that sort of stuff, which I don't really like. Like, I don't want to be one of those productivity robots. I actually really don't like those people. Yeah. So like, you kind of wanted to be human. Uh, with Grad Life, I can't say I do all the work. There's a really good team there. Um, Finn Hatherall runs it, who's been a, a joy and like a gem since he's come on and gotten involved in Grad Life. And then uh, there's a whole bunch of people there. There's about seven other people who are carrying that. So I, you know, I'm one of the people just kind of like touching the thing that they're all carrying. It's not, a, I'm absolutely not carrying it um, yeah. at all anymore. I was for a couple of years and um, yeah, it was hard, but you know, it was really fun as well. It was like, like you lads are doing like, it's a podcast. It's a good crack. Yeah. And then it. you want to see where it goes and you engage with companies and all this sort of stuff. So um, yeah, I, I, again, it comes back to doing stuff you actually like doing and then it's not a burden, I guess. Mm. Yeah, sort of addressing a bit of a elephant in the room that you sort of alluded to earlier. Uh, if any of the listeners don't already know, you happen to die at a point and you survived that, which is not something that a lot of us get to say. Um, so go sort of going into that there. After dropping dead suddenly at the age of 18, surviving, how did this whole experience change your perspective on life? And how did this inspire you to start grad life? hugely both the answer to both of those is hugely um the attitude to life thing it's very hard to get me uh worked up about something because it's nothing is really that important compared to living or dying so there is there's a literal sense of like happy to be alive kind of thing um going on with me which yeah as i say like it's great but it does frustrate people because i don't just don't get too worried about stuff um that's one so it's made me a lot happier and a lot more kind of, you know, relaxed and that sort of thing, which is good. Um, and then how it affected grad life. It was one of two major things, two major inputs into grad life. One, the major one was I went into a job that I didn't like, wasn't suited to, thought would be my dream job, and it just wasn't at all. I didn't serve them. They didn't serve me. And there was such a massive uh, mismatch between what I expected and what was real. So that was one major thing. And then the other part was hang on, I'm 22, I'm living in Sydney, I'm living on a beach, this is the dream, I'm making good money, like, how am I so miserable? And then realizing that actually, if you're in a scenario like that, and you're living in a cool place or whatever, and you're 22 and free, you should be having the time of your life. And particularly when you were lying dead four years before, like, how did I go so far off that path of making sure you enjoy your life? And so look around, see a ton of grads, pretty much every grad was a bit miserable in the same way. And I was thinking, hang on, that's, we're supposed to be having the time of our lives here. How are we so far off? And those two experiences combined made me want to suck about life for sure. Mm, I think listening to your story, because obviously we've heard interviews with you before and we, we, know, we know your story as best we can. But I think when listening to that there, it sort of makes you think it's a bit bleak, but it's a bit inspiring in a way where if, if, you, if something like that there happened and you were on the side of the road declared dead, would you be happy with what you're doing now? And that's sort of, I suppose, where grad life's coming from. And it's trying to find something that makes you happy rather than just something that's paying the bills, but you're miserable. Like that is not, it's not a way to live in a way. Hugely. And like, I, I've actually really, I, I really checked in with myself in January on the 10 year anniversary of that cardiac arrest. And mm. for the last year, I was running the UK for this American company, Fivetran. It was a really prestigious job and everyone was like, good for you, that job and whatever. But I wasn't liking it. And exactly what you've just said there, Drew, I was like, hang on, 
Like if I dropped dead tomorrow, I wouldn't have said, oh, it was class last couple of days. I was just sitting in meetings all the time. Mm. So I actually asked for what kind of was a demotion, really. I said, look, can I just go back to sales and go back and do the stuff I like doing? Mm. Um, and that's what I'm doing now. And I'm, again, you can see my mood, massive change over the last four months since I've done it. Mm. And um, a lot of people, it's amazing the amount of people have come up to me, either who have those big jobs or want them and say, whoa that seeing you do that really changed things for me and i'm actually thinking about quitting now <laughs> and going back to sales as well because sales is, you can make more money in sales than you can in the big jobs yeah. but it's not guaranteed and uh there's a bit more risk but i'd rather enjoy my life and uh and take that risk mm. for sure it's a it's a perspective that makes perfect sense and yet we still forget it constantly we still forget to, all the time to, to put happiness first but even yeah. going into like your recovery, and obviously it's not easy to come back from death, which I think a lot of people don't manage. But you spoke about having an athlete's approach to your recovery and how learning Spanish helps you get your short-term memory back. How important yeah. do you think learning new things is for us as humans and for our growth as individuals? Yeah, I think it's like I think it's important. Um, there's a saying out there like if you're not learning you're dying or something like that i think that's a bit, a bit extreme for me but and <laughs> um, like you know despite all I, I do some things that are extreme but i tend to like the moderate life and people just going out and relaxing with their friends and stuff like so some people are a bit too nuts about learning like our generation seems to be nuts about reading productivity books and business books and i was reading a business book as part of my last job that management job last reading a ton of business books and Halfway through, I said, you know what, feck this, I'm not even enjoying it. So actually on that day, I got up, put all my business books in a pile and gave them all to charity and just said, no more. I'm just going to read funny novels now. So now I'm reading Crazy Rich Asians and it's gas. And I want to read that in the morning. And I literally would just have my breakfast and you hear me laughing in my living room, mm. um, like all morning, basically, as I read that. And that's such a more fun way to start the day. Mm. And even though I haven't read the management book, I bet I'm better during the day because of that, that fun start rather mm. than uh, trying to make a robot out of myself. So back to your point, learning is good. Learning language is a good crack. Don't do it for the sake of it. Do it if you're going to go to Spain or something. Mm. Just do stuff that's fun. Like, as in, <laughs> why is everyone so serious? We can just yeah. have a, a more fun life if you do the stuff you want to do. Yeah, it's, it's amazing hearing you say that there because every, every guest we've had, there's nothing wrong with this, but every guest we've had has recommended a book in relation to business, in relation to motivation and productivity. But like as me, I find it very hard to read nonfiction books and I'm very much a fiction reader. I think you learn a lot from that there, even if it's just how to express your emotions because you're getting, you're getting used to what really smart people, how they put their thoughts into words, which is a, totally. like, that, that's a way to learn in itself. Yeah, a, a, I, get great I think that um, reading those nonfictions will make you... Uh, knowledgeable mm. and maybe even intelligent it might increase your ability to compute things because it's throwing stuff at mm. you to compute but i think reading the non-fictions will make you more or maybe reading the fictions will make you a happier be more creative see more imaginative d maybe more empathetic because you're reading about this character's journey through life and you're really feeling it from their angle you know and uh i can't remember what e was but who needs an e when you've got a b c and d um, it honestly, I, I think there's so much wisdom to be gleaned from fiction, yeah, subconsciously, rather yeah. than all that stuff in the nonfiction. It's more of a. It's all about enjoying yourself as well. You, you, you come more rounded when, when you're reading nonfiction because it's you're getting, as you were saying, you're getting all that stuff. It's not just focusing on one particular thing that's 
mm. you kind you're of get bored of cultures it. as well like that's a big yeah. thing oh. like you're you're learning about different lives different places like mm. different experiences from the writer because they're only writing about what they know most of the time yes so one example of that is um i read a lot of books written by uh, a lady called deborah rodriguez really good author and they're all about these women in uh, afghanistan and kabul like ridiculous like the, the one that the start i started with is five women in a copy shop in kabul that's what that's you know you can guess what it's about but there are these women who ended up hanging out in this coffee shop with their life not just on a given day they become good friends all that stuff but i've never been a woman before i probably never will be a woman and it was really interesting to hear what life is like as a woman i learned mm. so much and probably walked away from that book and its sequels I'm a much more empathetic understanding person than I was before reading them. And I would never have gotten that from reading uh, a nonfiction book, in my opinion. Mm. Right, going on a bit of a segue, obviously reading books teaches you, teach you a lot about different adversities, different stories. You yourself, Mark, have had to overcome a lot of adversity in your life. What has your experience and your response to adversity taught you about yourself? Um, that I'm not as hardcore as I thought. Like... I always thought I used to really, and this got this mentality to be fair to it, got me through the hard thing. I was like, just train like hell, work like hell, all that sort of stuff, and you'll be fine. And now I realize that actually, like if you if you ever read about um, I don't even know, that kind of crosses over with like anything Eastern or anything that sort of stuff. It's all about like healing. And I and everyone is healing, no matter how kind of smooth your ride has been so far, there's healing to be done. And I think I've learned that healing is actually done more in moderacy than in anything extreme. And I learned that I'm actually much more comfortable uh, in moderacy than uh, I ever thought I was. And that I'm much more of a relaxed person than this like extreme drill sergeant that I really thought was my identity as I was growing up until probably 25, 26. Uh, so we're going to ask you about book recommendation, but uh, we've sort of covered that already. So I might go with a different approach and... Um ask you what sort of things you do to switch off after a busy day of work um i bizarrely i like working early in the morning and i like working late at night in the late mornings i actually got into this habit there the earlier this year of watching this is us which is such a good show i just loved watching an episode yeah. of this is us every morning um but i read a lot i hang out with friends like all kind of normal stuff to be honest like i love uh no, there's nothing kind of like too surprising about it. Playing tennis, but again, that's pretty. I, when I play tennis, I'm very intense. Just playing sports, like I haven't really the stuff I like hasn't really evolved much since I was like 15. So I just want to play sports, read a good novel, and hang out with my friends, basically. Yeah, it's it's nice having them things that you can count on for that long a time to make you yeah. happy. I know, I know, exactly. they change slightly, changed. but your taste will change. But like, it's 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 good to see that there's just some things that will always. You can always go back to like HQ for happiness. Last yeah. question now, Mark. It's sad to say. What would you say to someone to encourage them to live life to the fullest and to make most out of every day? Uh, I think the golden thing, the golden development thing is like in, enable yourself to make your own decisions. And that sounds so easy, but so many of us don't. And I and actually that book I wrote a couple of years ago, um, it had in it the example of someone getting dressed in the morning and you'd say, oh, I do dress myself every morning. And you usually actually don't. Like if you're walking into an office, you're probably wearing the things that your boss would approve of. If you're walking out into the street, you're probably 
wearing things that the girl you fancy or the lads or you're trying to impress or whatever that they approve of. And so in little things as simple as how we dress, we're actually not making our own decisions entirely. In changing jobs, we're worried about whether how that job will look or what people will think about it or whatever. And so if we can actually get a really good grip over those decisions, I think you end up having a much better life and making the most out of life. Until you do that, you're probably actually structurally inhibited from having as good a life as, as you possibly could. Yeah, I sort of would link that back to a lot of people will lose weight because they want to look better for other people. But you can even yeah. boil down a bit more. When you're doing something, it should be for your own health. And you think about it, how many times would you brush your teeth because you don't want people to think your breath is bad when you should yeah. be brushing that because you you don't want a cavity. You want to keep care of your, your own health. And that's the way you should think about everything in that regard. Like, do it for exactly. yourself. Yeah, 100%. agreed for sure. Well, we're, we're going to have to say thank you and say goodbye because I know you're a busy man. You need a. You need it was to... so short. That time flew by. I'd love to do it again if we can. If this we'll do a part well. two. We'll do a, th- we'll do a part two, mate. Yeah. Absolutely. I'd love to. If you're interested in it, I feel like we've gotten cut way short here. There's a ton yeah. to go through. <laughs>